Lectionary Lab Live is recorded live in Gainesville, Florida and Brasstown, North Carolina. Welcome everybody to the Lectionary Lab Live. I'm John Fairless and I'm here with my Bubba, Delmer Chilton. Say hey, Bubba. Hey, Bubba. Hey, man, good to hear you today. We're going to talk some texts and think about preaching as we move to the third Sunday of Advent. Here in year B, these are the texts for December the 17th, 2023. Talking to my wife this morning, Bubba, and she said, well, when we get to next year, so-and-so-and-so-and-so, and and I said, sweet baby doll, you realize next year ain't but going to be a couple of weeks away here. (laughs) We're running right up on it. Uh, So, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're moving along, and that's uh, one of my one of my favorite things to do with the, is to say, "Well, I'll see you next year," and people yeah. look at me funny, and then they realize what I meant. Yeah, that's it. Well, uh, this is sort of a turn for us in the uh, yeah. Advent season, and you know we've laid that out a little bit before, so I'm looking forward to it. Why don't you tell us what you've got on your mind today as we do think about preaching? Well, the uh, as um, we talked about the flow of the four Sundays, you know, the first one being apocalyptic and the mm-hmm. second one a prophecy or yeah. promise. Yeah. This is the third Sunday, kind of a proclamation of excitement. You know, God has acted, you yes. know, in some ways the Messiah is here. This is Gaudete Sunday, mm-hmm. rejoice, um, rejoice Sunday in uh, a lot of traditions. And the texts reflect that. Uh, three of them have the word rejoice in them. Mm-hmm. Um Isaiah, the 10th verse there is rejoice and exult in this psalm. Um, 4, 5, and 6 all say joy, and verse 3 says rejoiced, mm-hmm. and Thessalonians calls on us to rejoice. And John repeats, I'm going to talk about this later, repeats the story we had last week yeah. from uh, Mark, but in, there's no sin and repentance there's light and life mm-hmm. so as you say the the mood has turned yep. this week yeah um one of the one of the things that's very important today is an emmanuel theme right. a theme of god being with us and i want to do a a little uh elemental element not elementary mm-hmm. but elemental mm-hmm. theology here because there's there's a a fundamental question of faith of theology is about is there a god and if so what what is the nature of that god how does that god act it line it out in in three questions and so it's one thing to believe there is a god you could be deistic theistic there's Mm -hmm. a god an unmoved Mm -hmm. mover who created everything started it up and stands back and is not engaged involved Mm -hmm. in what we do it's just sort of impassively sitting back and watching there are a lot of people who kind of feel that way right or act that way that's the other thing they may say they believe in an active god but they act as if god's (laughs) not going to get engaged yeah yeah it is a secondary and another thing to believe in a god who acts but that doesn't define the kind of action that god may take and there's an awful lot of people who go around saying you better watch out. <laughs> that is part of the spirit of the season. Yeah, yeah, watch out. You might, you know, don't 
don't misbehave. God's going to get you. The only action yeah. they conceive of God doing is a negative action. And they talk about, what did I ever do to deserve that? Right, right, right. You know, that kind of thing. So then one step further is, I think, a, a different way is to believe in a God who acts ultimately, mm-hmm. as the Nicene Creed puts it, for us and for our salvation. Yes, yes. No matter what happens, that act, that God acts, and that God acts for us and for our salvation. Underlying all the text we have today is the assumption and the proclamation of a God who acts on our behalf. Right. And and sometimes when it doesn't feel like it, sometimes it we have to look for it for the future. Sometimes we have to remember it happened in the past so that we can trust it to the future. But mm-hmm. the fundamental thing is there is a God and this God acts and those actions are for us and for our salvation. Got it. So Emmanuel, you know, in Isaiah, God acts to save. In Psalm 3, great does great things for us, Thessalonians. God will do this. He will do this in that last verse. And in John, who are you? <laughs> and he points to the one you do not know yeah. who comes after me. Right. And will, oh, oh, I'm not worthy, you know, to <laughs> lift up the thong and all that stuff. Yeah. All of these underneath is that proclamation of that God who comes to act on our behalf. Right. So... Uh, this is a good stuff. Sunday to sing O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of good stuff packed in and around here. Question yep. being, what's going to rise up for you? And yep. preachers, as you think about your folks, um, yeah, yeah. What, what, what's the word here for your folks as they sit and listen on this third Sunday? Unless you're like uh, previously aforementioned pastors <laughs> who say, well, it's a Christmas cantata this week. I ain't got to preach. Ooh, an alternative text is the Magnificat. Yeah. wonder if the choir can work up a good version of good that. Good version of that. Or your yeah. your scriptural comment can be, well, we got Mary singing here today, and obviously that pleases God, so we're going to turn it over to Brother Paul and the singers now and uh, listen to our Christmas cantata. Yeah, as it were. All right. Let's do it. Isaiah 61, 1 through 4, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. And uh, this text is familiar to most of us because of Jesus in uh, in Nazareth in the synagogue there. He, he lifts this up. Mm-hmm. Uh, today's text comes from the kind of the exile is over, we're going home period. Mm-hmm. And there, there are three, three sections to this text. And it's one of those situations where you got to figure out who's talking. Oh, yeah. Hel- always know, helpful. <laughs> always helpful. And it, it doesn't tell. It, it's always be helpful if it was like a script. And then God said, right. and then the people said, but it doesn't do that for mm-hmm. us. So the first part, one through four, is the prophet talking. Whoever the Isaiah person is, is the prophet talking. Mm-hmm. The second part, verses eight and nine, is God speaking. And the the third part and is kind of a collective I. It starts, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord, but I would say that's the I like when we stand up and do the Apostles' Creed, mm-hmm. I believe, that's and right. we all say it. It's yeah. a collective I as they respond to what the prophet has said and to what God has said. So yeah. it's, a, it's a call and response text. Mm-hmm. 
And in the first part, we have this pro- the prophet getting his walking papers, his his commission. Here's your charge. You know? Here's your charge. Verse one, we talk about the power for the job. Spirits upon me, the Lord has anointed me. Then the end of verse one and verses two and three, it talks about this long list of here's what I want you to do. Good news, bind up the brokenhearted, mm-hmm. proclaim liberty, release prisoners, proclaim the Lord's of the year of the Lord's favor, provide for those, give, you yeah. know, all these things, you know. This is why it's Rejoice Sunday. Look at all this great stuff. Well, some good done. stuff going on there. And then the third part of this is the end of verse 3 and 4 is what will happen because God has done it, because you preach this. What is the result? And they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord to display his glory. They will build up the ancient ruins. They shall. Who are they? The people proclaim to, the returnees. So you've got that powerful piece. Then it skipped five and six and seven are part of this speech by God, but we skip part of it and go right to eight and nine. And it's God speaking. For I, the Lord, in all caps, says I, Yahweh, mm-hmm. love justice and hate robbery, a statement of principles, and then promises of what God will do and what ends up in none, what the people will do because. Yep. I will faithfully give them. I will make an everlasting comment. And then their descendants shall be known, future promise of what will happen. So you get yep. down to there. Then 10 and 11 is a response of the hearers, the people the exiles coming back. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. I'll exult. And I love this imagery of new clothes. Yeah, shiny stuff. He's clothed me with the garments of salvation, covered me with the robe of righteousness. And I was thinking about this. I, I don't know what exactly the total economic state of the folk in in exile in Babylon had been. But I like this mm-hmm. image that, you know, they had survived. Right. And now they're on this long journey. It's They got to look rough and they're looking. And it's this image that ties in with it. I'm going to clothe you with new. You, you're going to look new. It's going to be celebratory. And then they look around and the land's been destroyed. And so you've got this this kind of, uh, in verse 11, bringing forth shoots and garden the garden's bringing up. Growth, vegetation, mm-hmm. a renewal of spring springtime mm-hmm. of life for them. Yeah, uh, It's a beautiful image. And so thinking about it for us, thinking about what is the proclamation to the church now, is there you can think about a lot of ways in which just in general well life has been tough lately. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um I don't I, I every day and you hear about weird stuff. Not you know, there's the extreme stuff, another shooter, U N L V. you know, I was thinking the other day, that would have been huge news twenty years ago. Now oh, it's just another piece. Uh, another oh, there shooter. was a shooter on campus at mm-hmm. UNLV. Yep. I was reading about, you know, road people fighting all the time I, I, and rudeness. I, I have a <laughs> sister-in-law who's a flight attendant and has been for 30 years, and she talks about how how demanding and and, ug- and just ugly yeah. people are to one another on, some, on airplanes. Yeah. And it, you know, mm-hmm. it's just... It's just the civility, and we've been whining about it for a good while, but mm-hmm. 
Gone. The fabric mm-hmm. of society is is fraying greatly because we're so divided. You become very afraid to bring up anything because mm-hmm. you don't know what's going to happen. It's it's Congress can't get anything done. There's wars that are scary. You know, Ukraine in the Middle East, and and that's bled over. We can't have a conversation here about what's going on there without it erupting mm-hmm. into into really harsh language and harsh behavior yeah i'm just i'm just laying out what i see every day in my little remote uh, <laughs> corner yeah. of the universe you yeah. know out here in rural rural clay county north carolina mm-hmm. but it's it's here it's not there yeah. it's here too and so and, uh, and i think people people know it's here they they know yeah. life is rough on them uh yeah. rougher than a cob oh, yeah, right now you don't have to tell them that's yeah you, so you have to acknowledge that life is hard that's it. It's easy to find a place to situate this. Our work then becomes, so where is the good news in this yep. text? Is Where is the God who acts? Because yep. as you sort of situated us to, to start with, thinking theologically, okay, well, if God has acted, if God has redeemed, and now God promises God will redeem will you know we saw last week about smoothing the rough ways and and lifting the up high the valleys um how do we proclaim that how do we find that and and embrace that and i think you're right these closing images in isaiah this is coming back and the image of a wedding and it maybe it's not going to be as fancy as it as it we'd like to have been but everybody's gonna do their best you're gonna put on your clean overhauls you know (laughs) to to go down you're gonna find uh, some kind of uh, piece of grandma's brooch to pin on the the bride i mean whatever we have we're going to invest in that and and rejoice in god waking the world back up well two things two things i see to proclaim here one of Mm -hmm. which is what it, what it talked about, God is active for us and for our salvation, and right. this is the promise. And secondarily is our response where it, ta- you know, verse 4. Mm-hmm. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair yeah. the devastations. And and so we're two things. We are We are prophetic voices, and prophetic voices aren't necessarily voices that preach ruin and, and all. The Lord God has anointed us. The Spirit of the Lord is upon the church. Mm. And we are to bring good news to the oppressed in this difficult time. To bind up the brokenhearted around us. Proclaim liberty to those in captivity. Release Mm -hmm. to the wherever people are prisoners. And verse 4, we are to be about building up the ruins. The things that are destroyed. You know, repair our cities and our places of habitation. I think this is a, a, a clarion call to activity in the midst of our waiting. Mm-hmm. You don't wait, you know, until God is here. We act because of confidence that God is the Because amongst God has acted and is acting. Yeah. That's it. For, uh, psalm 126, a uh, short, nice short psalm, and mm-hmm. it's got lots of uh, joy language. This is a um, post exile, this psalm became tied in in temple worship and, and synagogue worship to the return to Jerusalem from Babylon. Right. It was probably, not sure, but probably a pre-exile harvest festival psalm mm-hmm. that they had been using for years. And, and, and you know, it's fine. 
that they said, okay, it was that. Now we tie it to this because this is what we experienced, and yeah. it goes with it. You re- has done great things for us, and we rejoiced, restored our fo- fortunes like the water courses in the desert. <laughs> and the sowing in tears and reaping with shouts of joy is a festival, but also they sowed in tears in Babylon for all those years. Plenty of them. Return. Yeah. And and redeemed, reaped. And as a boy growing at grew up on a farm, I can tell you we did a lot of sowing in tears. <laughs> and a little sweat and probably a well, drop or two of blood. Yeah. It was yeah. An, an un, you know, there was a lot of work involved and a lot of hope. Not just, you know, tobacco I didn't indulge, but you know, the crops, the food and all that and the, we 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 raised what we ate, you mm-hmm. know. And um it was a lot it was a lot of I just love that imagery because it's mm-hmm. true imagery to the people that use this language. Yeah. That they understood what it meant. They come, and it is joyful at a harvest. Mm-hmm. And you translate that into work for us. Sometimes, right now, the church may be living in a period of of tears and sowing. And yep. with what confidence do we look at what we've sown? Mm-hmm. And confidence in God's action. That we will, we will, uh, shall. See, it says shall. That's it. And, and that's been. Come con- home with joy, shouts of joy. Yeah. That's been consistent in these passages for Advent. Yeah. And it's just consistent with the scriptural message. This, this faith that we're called to enact while we're waiting is a faith in something that is, the, again, the already, but not yet. The active God promises to do that. So that means it's, it's, kind of good is done but it really gets defined through our experience as you said they they this was probably in the past a literal harvest festival now post-exile it takes on a whole new meaning and i have to nominate verse one as probably my favorite opening verse of any passage i know when the lord restored the fortunes of zion we were like those who dream (laughs) <laughs> it's like I can't hardly believe it. Is it is it yeah. coming to is pass? It really is it is it pinch me? Is this a dream? Wow. Yeah. So yeah, there there's this. I think it fits. There's this this nature of the experience we're seeking to have a faith that yeah I believe it. Yeah I know what God has done. And uh, but boy, it's just not quite here. But I'm going to yeah. keep faithing it. Yeah. Um, well, and that period between planting mm-hmm. and harvesting is a time of faith. Right. You know, on the farm, but not, you know, faith in what you planted, faith in what you mm-hmm. did. And it's the already but not yet. It's growing, but mm-hmm. you can't see it. You can't see it happening. And I think that's the encouragement there is that God is at work. Mm-hmm. Even when we don't see him, God at work. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just like what we plant is at work even though we can't see it yeah. working. <laughs> you you're on the farm and you did the work and you lay down at night, you just gotta trust that stuff's out yeah. there germinating and <laughs> growing yeah. and doing what it needs to do. It needs to do. So yeah. moving over to First Thessalonians, I the way it prints out here, I just noticed how short all these verses are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, so I counted. NRSV, it's 90 words. I admit I didn't go grab my Greek text and play with <laughs> it to see. But it's short. It is. And it's about um, what do we do while waiting. The yes. key is the last part of uh, 523, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's yep. all building to that 
place. What are we doing while mm-hmm. that happens? Yep. And I, I, I call it not Ten Commandments, but Eight Admonitions. <laughs> the Eight Admonitions for today. And And it's important that they need to be unpacked. And there's one place it's really important to know what's being talked about here. Mm-hmm. And underneath all of this is the, the notion that the Thessalonians are in this period of the already and not yet. So this admonition to rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances mm-hmm. is not necessary if everything's going well. If you've got your you got something there to rejoice about all the time, you don't have to be told to rejoice. <laughs> if if what your your prayers are being answered, you don't have to be told to keep praying. Yeah. If you've got something to be grateful for, you really probably don't need to give be told to give thanks. This is admonition that in this period, a dry period of waiting, you know, mm-hmm. remember to rejoice and to pray and to give thanks before yeah. you receive, before the coming of the Lord, not after. Yeah. So then the do not quench the spirit is um, very important because it said God's spirit comes to all it comes. Mm-hmm. But we have to be open to it and respond to it and nurture it. It can it can die. Yeah. You know, we don't we can't make God's spirit come, but we can ignore it. Uh it's an interesting can, dynamic. Yeah. You can suck all the life right out of the party. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you right. know. And I've known I've known some church members that are real good at that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. Now, this next line, you got to understand what the prophets are here. Mm-hmm. This is not the Hebrew scripture right. prophets. These are the people within the congregation, voices mm-hmm. of hope in the church is what I call them. Yeah. And do, do not despise the, the voices of hope. And, man, I have seen that done so many times yeah. in congregations. Uh, there, You're looking around and things look kind of dire, and somebody says, hey, we got to. You know, be opt. You know, have faith. Do this, do that, and people say, "Oh man!" And I, this one, this always reminds me of the guy I call Billy, back in one of my four three point circuit, fifty year, forty five years ago. Mm-hmm. Convert, uh, been a bad drinking fella, and he'd got himself royally saved. Uh, surprised <laughs> me as much as it did anybody else. You know, uh, I was not a particularly good evangelical evangelistic preacher yes and uh but anyway he did and everybody just waited for it to wear off but it didn't and he got real active in the church and (laughs) taught sunday school they finally they got him on the administrative board in his first meeting um they i kept coming up but they asked me for a plan for the year and i kept coming up with i came up with some ideas and (laughs) they'd say those are real good ideas but we're just a little bitty church (laughs) (laughs) and four or five of those and end of the meeting they hadn't accepted anything i'd suggested we'd do and then they asked on their newest member billy brother billy to pray and he said i'm not going to pray mm-hmm. they said why not and he said well i've been going to aa and one of the fundamental principles i don't know that he used that word but the yeah. basic thing in in aa is to acknowledge you can't do everything yourself and to mm-hmm. call on your higher power yeah, and he said, "Don't appear to me this here church going to do anything it can't do by itself. So ain't no need to pray." Ooh, there you and go, they Billy. Thought about that a few minutes, and they said, 
Preacher, let's look at that list again. <laughs> there you go. Do not despise the word. And I think Billy was the prophet, sure. not me. Mm-hmm. And they, they did heard him. Yeah. They did not despise the word of the word of hope in their midst. Test everything that people say. Don't just willy-nilly say anybody that says they're speaking for God is speaking mm-hmm. for God. Yep. But hold fast what is good. Know what the truth is and measure everything by it. And don't get, this I love to abstain from every form of evil. I've looked at that and I said, you know, what that is is people have a tendency to do stupid stuff when they're scared. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So keep on keeping on doing what we're supposed to do and trust God. Right. Don't, don't, don't fly off in wrong directions because you don't trust that God's going to take care of this. Right. All of these first, you know, these admonitions, and and we'll wrap this up in just a second, yep. but as I'm working with this, because I've been using, been featuring these epistle texts in Advent yep. worship this year, a different kind of way to go. But th- this particular passage, I think, falls out really nicely when you think of this in terms of a flow almost you know what flows from our rejoicing all right and and so you've got the rejoicing flowing into constant prayer flowing into a a spirit of uh, always being thankful not for everything but in everything those are positive statements then it does sort of a flip here and flows back the other way it's almost like a chiasm in the in the construction here but don't quench the spirit don't despise you know these things you're hearing what you should do is test them test everything when you listen you test it and that's that that action of discernment that you, I think you were just talking about. Yep. Some of it's going to be good. You need to hold on to it. Some yep. of it, you just need to let it go and let it, let it flow. Let the stream carry that on down. Yep. You know, kick the, the stuff that's not going to help right on, right on down the way. Then we flow into this sort of conclusion here about the God of peace, keeping us, sanctifying us. And we've got this language again I've been bringing up every week. I said back in week one, this word blameless, particularly associated with the coming of Christ, uh, it's it's come up every week. Again, not a state of now y'all need to be sure you're a bunch of goody-goodies and everybody's, you know, (laughs) it's not what you can do yourself. It is -hmm. is God, it is Christ who removes the blame, the impurity, the, you know, so on and so forth. This process, this what should we be doing while we're waiting, this is what works in us. This is how God brings the sanctifying grace. There you go. There's my Wesleyan moment. And topped off by the consistent message, the one who calls you is faithful. God will do this. Well, uh, underlying all of this text is God will do this. Mm -hmm. That's the the key to all the rejoicing, the praying, the giving thanks, not quenching the spirit, is it ain't all on us. Mm -hmm. God will do this, Mm -hmm. and we will participate. with what god does wonderful stuff all right now john 1 6 through 8 19 (laughs) through 28 john the baptizer second take yeah uh echoes but doesn't repeat Mm -hmm. mark 1 1 through 8 um one of the interesting things is all four evangelists 
deal with John the Baptist. They all do it a little differently. Mm-hmm. And all are are trying to set up one one underneath all of it is one important consistent thing. John the Baptist was important, but John the Baptist was not the Messiah. That's it. And that's tied mostly to some early church stuff, that uh, early church history where, you know, John's disciples, all those people he baptized, didn't disappear and didn't all of them turn around and flock after Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Even after John the Baptist died. I don't think there was a movement that that claimed his resurrection, but there there were people, you know, that were following his tradition. And the question became, What's the relationship between these two? And, you know, you've got different things. I, I particularly like Luke's version in which, you know, Elizabeth and and um, Mary meet and John leaps in Elizabeth's womb, you know, yeah. to be excited, you know, and that sort of thing. But in this text, you know, not to homogenize and put them all together, in this text, um, what he's trying to say is he is the one who pointed to the light, but he's not the light. This part, 6, 1 through 8, comes within that beginning part of John, that great poet poetic poem to the divine mm-hmm. light. Yeah. And it's interesting, he breaks into that poetic language with twice, with rather plodding prose to make sure <laughs> they know, we know who he's talking about. Yeah. Now, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came to witness to testify to the light so that all may believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. Yeah. And then he goes back to that wonderful right. stuff about the Logos. And then he does it again in 15 in a shorter version. Well, this is real important for for uh, John. And I think in the midst of that first that little break-in, he defines who John is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And verses 1 through 8 in this text is the section where the gospeler, trying to differ, differ, right. differentiate my Johns, the <laughs> gospeler. You, yeah. You do have to do that, by the way, because yeah. people still, you know, folks been around and they're going, now wait a minute, did John talk about himself? What? Yeah, yeah you got a you gotta double John here. So. And I like gospeler rather than evangelist. Yeah. It's just yes. me. The gospel writer, the gospeler, mm-hmm. defines John the the Baptist as a witness Mm -hmm. to the light. He was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. So he's a witness who testifies. And, you you know, homiletically you might have a time to unpack witnessing and testifying if there's a... They didn't care what I... You know, I was in court twice as a witness. And I, being me, I tried to interpret what I saw meant. (laughs) And I was reminded both by the attorneys and by the judge, they didn't care what I thought it meant. Yeah. <laughs> My job was to say what I saw. That's it. So, so then it did. It, the, it, did did the, his or her honor use the line on you? I'll be the judge of that. No. <laughs> no. They said, <laughs> Reverend Chilton, we know you have all kinds of thoughts on what this means. We don't care. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I appreciated that. Yeah. So 19 through 28 is then becomes what did John, the baptizer say about himself? 
there's kind of a Greek chorus here, you know, this the uh, uh, a mm-hmm. rhetorical device of the interrogators who mm-hmm. set up him for an answer. And uh, I, I, I read that and I thought about uh, <laughs> the, uh, the they had been sent from the Pharisees. And I thought, oh, what, we got the usual, we go back up to 19. And then this was the 24. I said, it's that line from uh, Casablanca. I'll call in the usual the suspects. The usual suspects. The yeah. priest and the Levites from Jerusalem, they were sent from the Pharisees. He just mm-hmm. pulled out his list mm-hmm. of interrogators here. And they're trying to say, who are you? And again, the gospeler is trying to make sure that we don't confuse John the Baptist as being the Messiah but at exactly who is he? So they ask him, and he confessed, did not deny it, but confessed. And I was interested in that word confess, because we usually hear confess as you've been holding something back, you're guilty, right. you've done something wrong, and finally you admit it. But we use this is different here. Yes. And, and for Lutherans, I mean, it, it's easier because we have a book of confessions and the Augsburg Confession, which aren't, we did these bad things and we're owning up to it now, but statements of truth. <laughs> and it's interesting in a worship service for a, in a Lutheran church, you might start with, we're going now in a brief order of confession and forgiveness, and that is that we did something wrong. Then later in the service, let us join in a confession of faith. <laughs> yeah, two but different so words, the, meanings. The meanings, and here it's the meaning is, I never claimed to be the Messiah. I'm not the Messiah. Mm-hmm. I've never been the Messiah. That's not who I am. Yeah. It is just stating a fact. So then they come, and this comes up later. With Jesus, are you the? Some say Elijah, so one of the prophets. Remember that. Well, mm-hmm. here it is. Are you Elijah? No. Are you one of the prophets? No. Well, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> and he points back again to the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's significant that that John is identified in this text with two things. He was a witness, and he was a voice. The gospeler identifies him as a witness. The baptizer identifies himself as right. the voice. Yes. And um, the question then becomes for us as we look at this, who are we? And I think we as the church and we as Christians are witnesses. And we're a voice that points to the one who stands among us that mm-hmm. we don't know. Mm-hmm one who comes after me. I think that definition of the Messiah is so important, 26 and 27. Mm -hmm. Among you stands one whom you do not know who is coming after me, following me. And I think that's who we are. Yeah. We point to the one the world does not know, that we don't know fully. Yeah. Who comes after us, follows us, and I like, I'm coming after you. <laughs> I like that, the hound of heaven, you know, the yeah. pursuit. Yeah. Uh, but it, that's not the intent here, but it's, yeah. it, it, it's one that, provo- that provokes us. Mm-hmm. He follows us. And, but there is that, that Christ follows us mm-hmm. and is one we don't fully know. 
and all we can do is not totally define Christ, not totally identify. We can just say, this is the light. Yeah. I can witness this is the light that's in my life. Mm -hmm. And let the light shine. Yeah. I think that's a very consistent message. And it might be good to just drop in a little bit here. Uh, I know you remember several years ago when we were both back in Nashville, And uh, you invited me graciously to come and uh, provide a workshop. Uh, I don't remember exactly what group was gathering, but uh, (laughs) to to come and provide a workshop, Evangelism for Shy Lutherans. And uh, I guess the Baptist preacher was going to come, you know. Um, The then Baptist preacher. The then Baptist (laughs) preacher. But, you know, you mentioned a moment ago this whole idea of bearing witness, of shining the light, and... It is simply telling what I know. My my shining the light toward Christ, uh, helping to point uh, others, etc., is about my experience. You, right. you over the years, I've run into people. Oh, well, I don't know enough about the Bible to talk about Jesus. Well, you don't. You don't need. <laughs> All you can know is what you know, and I, I think this uh, this passage. Among you stands one whom you do not know. And basically, John is saying, and I don't know it all either, yep. but here's what I know, and here's what's happening. And so, um, yeah, a little encouragement. To, it's okay. Tell what yeah, you I, know. Every, every time when I hear that, and this is, this is kind of this um, non-professorial textual <laughs> reading, but more mm-hmm. impression reading, mm-hmm. it, it comes to mind the 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 language of Paul uh, that we see in a mirror dimly, mm-hmm. then we shall know fully as we have been fully understood. Mm-hmm. Until then, we are witnessing to one whom we do not fully know, That's it. but who fully knows us, and has yep. come to be among us again. As the Nicene Creed phrases, I love this phrase: "For us and for our salvation." Yeah. And that's why God acts. And we wait, trusting, in the midst of difficulty, pain, suffering, whatever else is going on, the admonition, the the promise, is that God will come. Mm -hmm. Hold on. There you go. There you go. Well, plenty of things to, uh, you know, I started to say flit about. Don't flit. Uh, but walk through these texts, walk through these ideas, and pastors, we, we're pulling for you, praying for you as you uh, speak what it is that your folks need from well, these texts. But when, a lot of good stuff. When you said flit about, I had an image of a butterfly <laughs> in, a, in a flower garden, and it's fine to flit about this during the week. But light on something before Sunday. Settle on one. <laughs> Don't flit about in the pulpit. Light on something yeah. and talk about it on Sunday. All Very right. good stuff. Hey, Bob, I want to throw out real quick, not a lot of detail, but a sort of save the date idea. We've had some questions about will we be providing anything in in terms of a workshop for the text for Lent 
which again, coming right up, we've got an early Easter this year. You've got February the 14th as Ash Wednesday. So man, oh man, Lent's going to get us. We are going to uh, provide a virtual workshop on January the 25th. That is a Thursday. It'll basically be a one-day event about 10 in the morning Eastern time so that we can include some of our folks in uh, Central time and even Mountain and Pacific if they can get up a little early and we'll run till about 5 in the afternoon. Um, January 25th, uh, we will have a virtual uh, lectionary lab uh, preaching workshop on the text for Lent for year B. Uh, more stuff coming out next week on that, but just wanted to put it out, see if y'all can uh, save a spot on your calendar. Bubba, lots of good stuff today, but I don't reckon there's much else for us to do other than to tell everybody bye. Everybody bye. Lectionary Lab Live is a Two Bubbas and a Bible production. Our opening theme is Top of the Morning, performed by Track Tribe. We go out this session with Ersich bei meinen Schaffenwach, While by the Sheep. This is a traditional German carol with the text by Nach Friedrich von Spie. The traditional German melody is arranged by Hugo Jüngst. Translation by Theodore Baker, performed by the Fairfield County Children's Choir, Consent Choir, and Chamber Singers of Bridgeport, Connecticut. <laughs>